0: You're listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. Hey, everybody, it's Robin here. Welcome to Parenting Our Future okay mamas for all of you mothers and daughters out there you gotta listen to this episode it's so important to help you with your relationship with your daughter or your mother, depending on on what's going on. I have Dr. Helen McIntosh here and Blythe Daniel, mother and daughter duo, who have both um, co-authored the book Mended, which is Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters. Really awesome. And just to tell you a little bit about these two sparkly human beings in front of me, uh, Blythe, you are a mom and a wife, and you work with authors to help them market their books. Uh, but you are also, um, you're also an author yourself. Uh, and, uh, you are, um, you have three kids as well with your husband and then Dr. Helen, you are a, um, uh, you have your doctorate in psychology, you're a counselor, a speaker, an educator, and you also are an author of your own books called messages to myself and Eric Jose and the peace rug. Uh, and so you have, you've had your work, <laughs> You've had your work everywhere, from guideposts to parent life to home life magazines, and you are in Georgia with your husband, and you have five grandkids already. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Well, welcome, welcome to you both, and so happy to have you here.
1: Thank you so much. Bye. We're so happy to join you.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I know that this is one of those areas that is really tricky right that mother daughter relationship can be beautiful. It can be really contentious and I think that Sometimes our daughters. If I'm talking from a mom perspective, our daughters move away from us for a time right in those teen years. And eventually come back, but sometimes there can be a lot of damage in those years too when our kids pull away from us, but Maybe maybe I'll get you to start, Dr. Helen, because this really comes from your experience with your own mother. Is that right?
2: Yes, it, it did. We I, I grew up in a wonderful home, but mother did have these huge bouts of anger, anger and depression, anxiety. I can say those words now. I didn't know those words when I was a little girl. I just knew it she made me feel bad. Uh, In other words, she would say things like, you are so stupid, you can't do anything right. And, oh, I just walked on eggshells. So fast forward to uh, the day when Fly was a, a grown girl. And we could talk about some of the things. She saw the same behaviors in my mom when we would go to visit. So we were able to really talk about these things. And so when Blythe got ready to go to college, I'll let her share in a minute what we did. So we began some wonderful work on our relationship to prevent the same things from happening that I had experienced in my growing up time with my mom. Now, um, fast forward just for a minute. My mother, um, had, several decades of her life after uh, that time. In other words, um, we still had uh, this wonderful life with my mom and she did get help for a number of her issues, but not everything. So a lot of our book talks about how how to restore the things that you can so that you don't have any regrets and we'll get into that more. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much what it looks like. You. We encourage women to do all that they know to do. And we have lots of juicy things for them to bite into. And in the book, love some wonderful conversation starters so that you really can know that you've done everything possible, but not outside of your own personal boundaries. In other words, mm. I, I love the word picture of two cups bumping, which would represent my mother and I what comes out of the cup is what's in each one's heart. And it's a picture of each one's responsibility. And so somewhere along in all those years, I knew that I wasn't totally responsible for my mom's difficult behaviors and the difficult relationship we had, but it sure was miserable.
0: Well, of course. And, and look, as a child, our kids are so egocentric, right? If, if, if you're telling me that I'm bad or that my behavior is bad, I take it as I'm bad and then you start building those limiting beliefs about yourself and and it holds you back right and we know that the more adverse childhood experiences somebody has the the less they're able to thrive in this world as well and i just want to i just want to you know honor you dr helen that you were able to stop that cycle right because mm-hmm. Really, when as parents, uh, unless we are intentional about our parenting, mm-hmm. we default to the way we were parented. So it would have been very easy for you to just repeat the same cycle with your own kids. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, so I think that takes a lot of self awareness, right? And 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 beautiful love that you have for your own mother to see past that, right? That that is really beautiful. But Blythe, I think there was something. Dr. Uh, Dr. Helen was going <laughs> to pass it over to you, so your experience in all of this. T- tell me
1: about that. Yes, so you know, growing up in a in a loving home, um, I could tell the difference when we would go visit mom's mother and father. And, um, and watch my mom um, be, you know, verbally attacked or, or or just um, told words that just really didn't resonate with my young heart at that time. And so I would come to her defense sometimes. And so um, I was so grateful that she and I had a closeness growing up. And, um, you know, as I became a teenager, you mentioned that earlier, that as teens grow, up, they, they sometimes want to distance themselves from their family, and so, so I definitely went through that my senior year of high school, and so even though I grew up in this very loving home, you know, just, just kind of distanced myself from mom a bit, and um, really wanting to move on to that next stage of life and make mm. my own decisions, and so um, as I was headed off to college, though, after my senior year of high school, where I was starting to kind of plant my own roots independently, um, in just in my own space. Um, I had a conversation with mom that she initiated and she said, I don't want you to feel any control for me because that's what she had lived with. And um, so she said, I, I want you to be able to speak up. And if, if if I do something that feels like control, I need you to say, mom, that feels like control. <laughs> so I knew that was there going off to college um, because that's a time too when parents can typically kind of gravitate towards or you know, clamp down on their kids a bit more wow. and wanting to be able to hold on as long as they can. Yes. Um, but, um, but you know I think in, in that bit of separation, even when, when, a, when a child goes off to college and experiences life on their own for the first time, making their own decisions, um, there's a lot that we realize as those late teen years that we didn't always know the answers for. And, and then to have parents that so graciously take you back and say, oh honey, it's okay um, that that happened or I wanna guide you through that. And, um, and so that's really essentially what happened to me um, in that first year of college, of, of making some some wrong choices um, financially, um, using up the money that was there for me to, you know, for certain things. and and then and then just even um, experiencing life as a college kid, and and uh, I, I think just as we were able to talk about uh, choices, to be able to say, okay, you know, do you want us to show you how to balance your checkbook? Or do you want us to help you with that issue? And so there are things that like uh, so much for a parent to be willing to step into a child's life and be there for them and not make them feel like they messed up. And to to do it with loving open arms, that that really draws the child in. And and I think most people know that, you know, you aren't gonna shame or hurt your child in that way, but. So many times, and I think this is where it's hard, especially between mothers and daughters is because mothers want so much for their daughters to experience life, maybe even different than they ever have experienced themselves. And oftentimes the daughters mirror the mother in some ways they can even say, gosh, you were just like me. And when I was that age and, you know, and that's hard for a, a young adult to hear because they don't wanna be compared to how their mother was most of the time. So I think it's really important that, um, that parents look at how are they uh, drawing out the, the things that their child needs them to hear, um, what areas can they be helpful in with their children, as especially as they're getting older and becoming more independent, and, and making sure that that they don't make comparisons and that they don't put expectations on their kids that are going to set up a wall between the child and the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. honestly really grateful that my mom and dad took the time to, to ask me, do you want our input? Um, mm-hmm. Because most parents just kind of go right in. And that's what's hard. Between, are. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what's hard sometimes between mothers and daughters is that just, I'm going to immediately tell you what I think without asking if it's okay for me to make a suggestion or for me to give you feedback. And that's what we really spend some time on in our book Mended is to help um, readers see that it really is an honoring process to each other to ask if it's okay to to share and ask mm-hmm. for those conversations.
0: That's really great, and that comes at a point, right, when you are a little bit older, and and so you said a bunch of things that I that that I want to address because I. I fully agree with you. Um, You know, look, the teen years are there to separate us, to prepare us for being away from our, our parents. So naturally we're going to pull away. And the more parents realize that the more that they can just sort of relax into that and say, okay, that's just what my kids are doing right now. And it's totally normal. And it's really okay. And it also is confusing because teens are really good at saying like, hold me, but don't touch me. Right. (laughs) Or I want to tell you all of my troubles, but you're not allowed to speak. You know, so it's very complicated and confusing, but then, um, to have the kind of relationship with your with your parents, and this is what I, this is what I teach the people that I work with to do the beautiful parents that I work with is to, to have your relationship with your child, to be one where they can come to you at any time and not be judged or criticized, Mm -hmm. right. And, uh, to be you know, to, to, to realize that it's okay to make mistakes. Right. And so the more us as parents can say to our kids, you know what, I honor that it's okay to make mistakes and you can come to me, even if you've done something wrong, you know, bad, or you're in trouble of, of, of any kind. If our, if parents can do that for their kids, that is
2: a huge way to
0: build and strengthen that foundation of a relationship. Right.
2: It is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Those first, first words out of your mouth are so <laughs> important and your body posture, all of that, the tone of your voice. Yes. But we encourage in the book Mended for um, parents uh, to say something. Let's say that the, uh, a visual of a hamburger, uh, the hamburger itself would be the concern that you have. We encourage them to put as many uh buns on the top of that <laughs> hamburger as they can and sesame seeds to, um, in other words, not only invite yourself into the conversation, um, share, you know, may I share a concern with you, but, but to come in with all the softness that you can, because it's mm-hmm. so important that shame and blame and mm-hmm. all that's not smacking <laughs> your no, child or your parent. Yes, yeah. so yeah. we're really encouraging people to ask permission to share. I love that.
0: I love yeah. That. Love it. I mean, I can think of many times where I've been given advice from my parents and um, and nobody asked for my permission or said, you know, can I help you with what I see? You know, it looks like you're struggling. Can I help you? Yeah. Uh, I, y- you guys probably don't know my, fully my story. I know you know about me a little bit, but I mean, I came from being a really angry, yelly mom. I have two boys and my mom, oh really bless her. She would give me newspaper articles about how damaging yelling was. I'm like, mom, I know it's bad. But I don't know what to do. I know it's bad, but I don't know what else. Like, I don't know. So anyway, um, so asking permission, I think is a really nice thing to do because at some point you transition your relationship with your, with your child from being a mother or a parent to really more of a mentor, right? And that's important that you don't continue to treat your child like a child, right? Like let's respect that they, they have their adults now.
2: Yes. Cause what you're talking about is emotional safety on both parties and it's so huge it's so huge it's not anything that you can't restore but going forward it means so much to be a safe person and and for your words to be well thought out yeah i think what we're
1: talking a lot about really through this is just mature conversation you know um, as i have a 13 year old now I'm watching her want to engage with me and talk with me about things. And, and sometimes um, she's quite chatty and, and it might not even be the best time for me to be in a conversation, but <laughs> but I know that if she's wanting to talk, I need to be willing To not just listen, but also ask questions that will help move her along in her thought process. And that there would be something that she would walk away with that she hadn't thought of before. And that there's something that I would take away from the conversation. And it's easy as busy parents to kind of shut that down or just just kind of quickly answer just enough to satisfy the question. But I think what we're talking about is really helping our kids develop mature conversation because... You know, um, I was put in social situations, wasn't I, when you all were growing up or when I was growing up and you all would go to adult gatherings and I would be needing to have conversation with adults. And I remember being so shy sometimes I could barely get a sentence out. And I'm watching my kids and sometimes they get thrust into conversations with adults at church or, or at school. They're having to kind of defend themselves. And and I love that if we can set the the standard for what it means to have mature conversations and be able to look each other in the eye and talk Mm -hmm. that they're going to, they're going to gather that from me, but then it transfers into other relationships and other conversations. And the more that I treat them as, as little adults, um, we're needed. I mean, of course I'm still parenting and shepherding them in other ways, but I think the more that we can think higher of each other, even like say with a daughter and a mother, that maybe that mother hasn't been the most conversational. Maybe that mother has been distant with you or hurtful. But you know what, it's our job to really help elevate those that we're around and help them feel as though they are deserving of a full conversation and, and a loving conversation. Yes. Um, no one responds well to um, to, to putting the person down, like that just automatically makes us defensive. And I think that happens with mothers and daughters is that we can say something hoping to prove a point or get our, get our message out that we've had in our head for, for <laughs> years or months. And in the process of trying to look like we're right, um, it can shut down the conversation. It can shut down the other person. And so the relationship is always more important than who is right. Yes. Um, that's a real key point. Yes.
0: Yes, I love it. It's so true. It's relationship first, right? And that makes some parents uncomfortable because they think, well, they have to be the boss. It's not about that. You can still be in charge, but you can still have relationship first, right? Um, and I want to, I want to say just to tag on to what you've just said about having conversations and mature conversations. It does mean that a you have to listen and b that if you hear something you don't like because oftentimes when you want to go and start a conversation with someone you're you're starting a conversation because there's something wrong right (laughs) usually or there's a problem and so if you're the one to approach sometimes people your child or your spouse or whatever will come at you with a bunch of things that are not nice right let and and so it becomes um uh so important for us not to attach to or get or take the bait for the things that come out of people's mouths right away. Right? Uh, and, and of course, like you said, Dr. Helen, make sure the first things that come out of your mouth are, are really important. But with somebody else, when, when the tables are turned, we, we need to just say, okay, I hear you, right? And, and, and give them empathy for what they must be feeling. But then when that noise is done, when all that stuff comes out of their mouth, then you get to the real feelings, right? Yeah. You get to really, really hear, and so that's why listening is important and asking questions. If, if you're getting a bunch of resistance, like you did this to me and you never let me do this and blah blah blah, all that stuff, right? For you to say, okay, well, tell me more, right? Because, uh, and and this is a beautiful quote from Mike Alpert, who I had on the uh, that I, who who I, I have had on my podcast, who is the founder of the Curiosity Blueprint. He says that hate and judgment can't live where they when, when you're curious. So I think that is uh, is really great. A really great way to have that conversation, right?
2: I couldn't Curiosity. agree more. Oh, Robin. And that is exactly what Blythe and I have experienced. And these positive conversations can diffuse so much anger and We have got a number of conversation starters on our website, but there are dozens and dozens in the book. And where mothers and daughters could get stuck or are stuck, we've put in a lot of sentences with a question at the end, just what you said, uh, because questions can diffuse, because then you're not like presenting yourself as the authority. You're asking a question, and it would sound something like this. You know we're not doing very well and we don't have the relationship that we probably wish we did so what do you think we need to do to make things better mm. and so you're putting the ball in their court first and it's powerful um mm. uh, that what is your favorite of our starters Barb?
1: you know um i think i think just sometimes even saying um, I want to be closer to you. I, I don't want to argue with you. And and I know that it it feels um, hard when you have your thoughts and I have my thoughts. Um, are you okay if I share some feedback that I've seen in our conversations. So there's different ways. And there, typically there are two or, three sen- two or three short sentences. That was probably a little longer, but it really, and it's not to put it on them and make them have to come up with an answer. It's really honoring the relationship to let the other person talk first. Right, And I think like you were saying earlier, Robin, when we sometimes we'll just go in and just like say it out loud, like what we're thinking Um, and, and we don't really give that person a chance to even respond. I love your example of like, when you walk into a room, you typically are going to say, Hey, can we talk? So no one walks in a room and says, I think you did this and this and this. I mean, that's just not really how we have a conversation. And so it really flows with this idea of being humble and honest and being able to, you know, sometimes if the other person especially has, has hurt you to be able to go to that person in maturity and say, um, you know, I, I know that that's probably not how you intended those words. Can we talk about that situation and, and honoring putting them in a place of honor. Um, because it, it p- makes people kind of sit up and, and take notice because the way of the world is to accuse and to expect that person to say they're sorry. And, and we, we don't always expect um, each other to say we're sorry, like we, that might come up in conversation, but we always want to take responsibility for what we've said and what we've done. Yeah. And then um, typically that will follow. Um, but but when we can come at it from, I'm going to take care of my part of this and not expect the other person to say or not do certain things. Right. That just takes a lot of the awkwardness sometimes out and the hurt out of relationships is that expectations. And we want to let those go. Those are silent killers of relationships too.
0: Well, it is. And, and, and the whole time you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, well, what if I'm the one that wants to make the relationship better, but my mom doesn't?
2: What do you say? How do right. you deal with that? You know, uh, it, <clears throat> it would come out something like, mom, I really do want us to to do better, would that be your wish? And if she does say no, you can, at least she has heard you say that you want things to be better, And Mm -hmm. uh, but you do leave it there for a time. In other words, if the mother doesn't want to, you could come back at a later time and say, you know, have you thought any more about our relationship, I still would just love to do anything for us to, to make things better. What do you think we need to do to make things better? I would, I mean, it's a fair question. It's a gentle question to keep asking, but we, we leave the expectation at the feet of our Lord (laughs) because we can't make it happen. And um, well, just my own mom Uh, we did a lot of work and there was a lot of healing but even in her hospital stay shortly before she died she was still (laughs) ranting and raving about some things (laughs) oh my but i knew to not take personal responsibility for that it was it was her coming out of her cup (laughs) and um, and i had 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 only done a kindness for her and As we know, as counselors, people, uh, I was her scapegoat. In other words, she knew that I probably wouldn't retaliate. So I'm the one that got most of the fury. (laughs) So I I kept that little piece up in my head, in my thinking. It felt personal, but I knew that somewhere that I just kept asking God to give me grace to get through it. It was hard, but it was okay.
0: Okay, but then let me ask you, Dr. Helen, what if, what if you go back and, and your mom says, nope, not unless you um, let me see my, the grandkids all the time, and you don't want her to, not unless you uh, vote for the same political party that uh, I do, uh, not unless you go to the same church that I do, and so on and so on and so on. Like it,
2: it, what if it, it, it doesn't feel like it could get there?
0: How, how do you start there?
2: You know, I think I would say, I, I'm hearing a, a long laundry list of your expectations. And I'm hearing you say that if I only do these things, then we can have a relationship. And you can say, I think we probably have a different definition of what it takes to make a good relationship. Um, <laughs> and mom, you know, I, I want us to, to work on our relationship without having to agree on political parties or can yeah. we, do you think we could do that? And it yeah. honestly, if she says no, worst case scenario, I guess you'd have to say, take some time out and you could say, you know, I, I just will need to do some thinking about this <laughs> because what I really think is realistic is just for us to have a relationship regardless of our, yeah, um, these other things mm-hmm. unconditional, mm-hmm. unconditional. Yeah, I know it
0: should be right it, it should yeah, be it should and be. we know that your mom's cup her teacup was filled with experiences from before you were even born right and that yes, has yes. to do with what's in there and she was probably hurt by many people or situations and that sort of thing and that makes up who she is and so it's, yes. it's knowing and you're right it's never about you it's never personal right it's never personal right Right. In,
1: in that scenario too, um, with the the daughter um, wanting to have the relationship with the mom or, or it sees from vice versa, what we've seen and, and what we're ha- always happy to hear these stories where even with the other person says, I don't want this right now, or they don't even respond, that can happen too, yeah. is that the mother or the daughter continues to maybe send a text of, I love you, um, or a card, mm-hmm. um, as difficult as that might be to, to, to buy a card on, a, on an anniversary or a holiday that um, or a birthday, that even just those consistent ways that you're showing up and saying, I love you, and you're communicating that, that over time could open a door where the door has been closed. Um, so even if the person says no, and, and that it may not be your final conversation, we pray, pray that it won't be, but mm-hmm. that God would continue to work in her heart as he's working in your heart and praying. Prayer has so much um, ability to change a relationship and sometimes we leave that piece out. So I would say, add to that, that pray for that person and
2: yeah. not in a
1: way of like, God, please convict her. But but honestly, just praying for open hearts, open doors. And then yes. because yes. we have seen miracles where, where doors were totally closed for years, years and, yeah. and God opened that door. And I think that consistently showing up yeah. is helpful in, in ways that don't feel like it's um,
2: putting, putting on too much of yourself that you don't feel like is healthy. Like mom was saying earlier. Don't you love the verse that says it's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. And it really does when there's kindness is given, Mm -hmm. they're feeling convicted
0: right so don't let it be just one no you know you can still do more i love that that just endears the other person to you right i mean and and what better way to to drop a wall than to fill them with love and shower them with love
2: yeah let
0: me ask you though what happens if your mother is gone
2: and she's passed away we love the verse in Ephesians 6, 13 that says, and having done all to stand. And if you know that you have done, you did in her lifetime, all the things that you possibly could, you can rest there. I mean, that's where I'm having to be because I, I started having so many regrets after mother died. It was a mixed blessing when she died. I knew that I wasn't going to get hollered at anymore, but I also wow. lost the opportunity to make our relationship better mm-hmm. and I said I, I, I don't mean that I thought I had that kind of power but I thought the relationship mm-hmm. could have gone further but you know I just have to, had to continue to remember the truth which was that I had done all I knew to do at the time and I, I'm just gonna have to leave it there mm-hmm. but it is a grief when a, a parent is gone that you wish that you had had a better relationship with but God does he does restore the heart and uh, a good definition of grief is to is losses and changes is to to list even the losses and changes that have come about as the result of the death of someone and um, and grieve that loss and grieve that change but I I, um, think that God will show up in an amazing way. What do you think, yeah,
1: I do think that, you know, we, we know that, um, that God has created us for relationship and certainly he cares about these relationships. And, and some people even maybe feel like, where is God when I'm having these difficulties? If he created us as mother and daughter, why hasn't this gone well? Why didn't she respond to me? and, you know, there's just some things on this in this life that we're not going to understand, but yet we know that God is a God of love and God does forgive us for the things that we've done. God forgives the other person when, they, when they've acknowledged it. And so, um, as mom said, I think that part of it is, is resting in the fact that God does intend to make good out of those hard places in our lives. And so asking him, God, where do I see you at work in this in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, God, how are you going to restore this? How are you going to help me move in my life with, without being able to restore or resolve, God, what is that going to look like?
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I think when we get really honest with him and ask him, he's not afraid for us to ask him these things of God, I need you to repair my heart. Or even being able to say to another family member, I never got what I needed to with mom or I never got to, I needed to with your sister, if, it, if it's a daughter. Um, but I think, I think being able to talk about some of those things with, with God for sure. And with family members of Let's look at the things that we were able to do. Let's look at the ways that we did love each other. And, um, but I think ultimately, yeah, taking it to, to God into the saying, God, I, I need you because, because as we said at the beginning of the conversation, that we don't want these things to get passed down to the next generation. And so mom could have held to those things with her mom and it had affected our relationship, which could affect me and how I'm raising my daughters. But we 100%. said, no, we're not going to, we're not going to let. Um, these areas of hurt go another generation. We're going to take care of it now. And I think that's a really important point.
0: Yeah, I do too, and uh, and and I think that th- we're, we're, it's kind of exciting because at this point in history, we've never really been here in terms of parenting before, because it's always been the child is less than, um, but we're, we're we're looking at it differently. They're, they're not less than; they're just less experienced. They don't have a fully grown brain. We have to help them out, right? Uh, <laughs> but you add this dominant parenting style and a mother with pain who you know doesn't have an, another way to cope it does create a ripple effect throughout the generations right and but doctor helen you didn't want that and you stopped it and this is what i love about every parent listening to this podcast right now is they want to show up differently for their kids because the way they were parented doesn't doesn't feel good to parent their kids that way. So that's what I feel is really exciting. And uh, you know, look, I, I, my, my dad passed away five years ago and I didn't know anything as much about what I, what I know now. Um, and we had a bit of a contentious relationship. He was, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what that was like but I mean it did leave uh, a mark right and there is no way to go back and um, and make amends right um, we, we left in or he left with us in good terms but there was other stuff in our in my life that you know was damaging to me um, and and yeah there, there's no way to, to get through it so um, so just really put give it you're saying give it give it to God um, or surrender okay. to it or let it go and know that this this. this is here to teach you somehow and look for, for what that could be.
2: And I'll go ahead. Well, I just
1: was going to say, and too, and Robin with you and your boys, like I think what an amazing opportunity that you Mm -hmm. have to help shape them as men to those places where you would have loved to have heard those words from your dad or something that they're for their future wives and children, you're having such an impact. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's, I think that's so important. And my, my husband's in a similar situation where um, he, His father and him weren't close and I love watching him with my son um, and so, so it works with fathers and sons and mothers and sons and, yeah. and a lot of the things that we're talking about, but uh, I do think it's important that you're addressing it with your own family, you know what you've been through and you know where those places that have needed healed and um, restored for the next generation.
0: Yeah, well, and I've also seen the result of uh, a parenting relationship where, you know, they don't honor, honor their child and, uh, uh and their strained relationships, right? I can see that in other members of my family, um, you know, who who don't have that strong relationship, and it's 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 too bad. It's very sad because you miss the opportunity for your kids to know these adults in their life, right? And have uh, a more trusted adults in their life, more family in their life, right? I mean, so so it just is so great for everybody if you can just stop running your own agenda and just come, you know, sort of heart in your hands and say, look, you know, I love you. We are wired for connection. This is how we are made. You know, how can we make this better,
2: right? Yes. How do we make things better? And for your so
0: well-being right. and for theirs.
2: Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no. You're just, I'm tagging on to what you said. These wounds do leave a mark, and they also leave a pattern. And what we've talked about just now is, all the ways that we can try and break that pattern. And just a few days ago, I hadn't even had a chance to tell Blythe, but I I found a piece of paper where one of her daughters had made an, an acrostic. Is that the word? She had, my, they call me Nanny. And so she had put something by an N and an A and an N, another N, N-I-E. And the N stood for never angry. And I Cried <laughs> because that was one of the patterns that could have come to Blythe and her family oh. because of my mom, and I just cried and cried. <laughs> oh. It's really special. That oh. meant the
0: world. <laughs> yeah. That would mean the world. Like that's like okay, I'm done. It's worth It's worth it. Everything <laughs> I did, you know, that is. Beautiful. I hope, I hope my grandkids think that, Uh, you know, from being such an angry mom, I just didn't know. And actually one of the reasons why I was so angry is because I was never heard, especially by my dad, my mom wasn't really around and my dad didn't hear me. He never listened to me. And when I realized that I was actually yelling at my kids because now I had the control, I had the power and it was, I was yelling at the wrong person. It was like, wow. Wow
2: big insight yeah Yeah. that's
1: beautiful I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to go to our kids because in those moments where I have um blown it blown it yeah totally and I just was trying to think you know I have the right kind of voice and and all that that I can go to my kids and and um and I don't want them to ever think they have to automatically forgive but I but mom taught me this and, and we have this in in the book on forgiveness but that we can we can we can name what it was that we did, and I am so sorry for blank. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. And that shows them the responsibility that we're not just saying I'm sorry, um, or I hope you forgive me, but like but on on you know taking responsibility mm-hmm. for what we've done. And kids really respond to to that to be able to to then own you know for for us to own it, but then for them to say yes, I forgive you for, um, because they're not just giving out a blanketed forgiveness. So, um, I have lots of occasions where I get to practice. That. <laughs> oh, that's nice.
0: Oh. I have a few too. I have a few too. It's, I mean, we're, we're still human, right? We still have our, our own range of emotions. And I love that. I mean, I can, I don't think I can even remember a time where, where my parent, one of my parents was unkind or unfair and then said, sorry, after it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah. That's, that is That is huge. It's really huge, right? Because we're not perfect and nor should
1: we be. It's okay to show our kids that we're flawed, right? It prepares them for this world. You know, I, I, something happened recently to one of my kids and, and my husband shared, well, that He didn't say it this way, but it was basically that is what happens in life. And so, you know, if we grow up and we try to protect them and we try to keep them from seeing our flaws or from seeing um, where we need to ask their forgiveness. I mean, they're going to have a real different picture of the world. The older they get, they're going to expect perfect relationships. And, you know, we know there's no perfect relationships, but we're here to make them better. Be, because that really is our job as parents to help make mm-hmm. our relationship with our kids better, to help make their relationships, help give them the principles to make their relationships better with their siblings and with mm-hmm. their future families. So we're talking about tools for relationships, really. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: The language we've given, Robin, in our book, Mended, is mm-hmm. uh, our hope for giving them a way to really truly start a new in, in a conversation we we're not asking people to go back decades and decades and fix all those terribly broken things. <laughs> there is a way that you can just start even today with a simple sentence mm-hmm. and begin taking that wall down. it's It's just been amazing to hear the stories of the years of mm-hmm. of the power of of a loving humble sentence like, What I want is for us to be restored. What do you think we need to do to make things better? I mean, something that simple can absolutely do cause a 180.
0: (laughs) I really agree too. And especially when your intention is connection, you know, because your intention has to be right. And, uh, and, and that it would be hard to turn that down. It would be really hard to turn that down. So I agree. And, and, and actually I have two more questions for you because I want to, you mentioned forgiveness. So I'd love to talk about how you forgive. And then I also want to ask you about boundaries and how you put boundaries in place. So if you're at a place where, okay, yes, you, you have an agreement that we're going to mend this relationship. So how, and you just said, you don't go back years and years and years, but how do you forgive? How do you get over that so that you can move forward?
1: So we look at three different types of forgiveness. Um, The first is um, our forgiveness from God. So each of us um, at some point in time, we want to take responsibility for the things that we've done or said or thought. Um, And that could be in the context of your relationship with your, your daughter or your mother, but really we're talking about just in general. So getting forgiveness from God, um, because that is what he came to do that he sent Jesus to give us forgiveness so that we can have, you know, cleansed hearts in eternal life. But, but that is mainly for now, that we would live differently now. Um, and then the second kind of forgiveness is the kind of forgiveness that, that I was referring to of you asking forgiveness of, of someone else. So it could be a mother or a daughter or someone else. So, um, and that, that you know, sometimes is hard for us to admit that we've done something wrong. And, um, and, and so, but, but, that, uh, but that is something that we, we wanna take into account in our daily lives. Then the third one is a bit harder. And that's when the other, that is um, granting forgiveness or being asked for forgiveness from the person who has done wrong to you. And that's harder because we don't always get that type of forgiveness. We don't always have someone saying, I was wrong to do such and such. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there's a way to do, there's a way to, to, be, to be able to say that to, um, even before the Lord, to be able to say, I choose to forgive so-and-so Um, for the hurt that has come through our relationship and, and naming it. Now, whether the person ever asks for your forgiveness, Mm. um, you can still grant that to them. You may even say that to them directly. I I choose to forgive you. Like that would maybe come up in conversation of why don't we get along? Why do we have this rub between us and to be able to say, you know, I'm not going to let that hold us captive in our relationship. I choose to forgive Those times when this has happened in a relationship, and so it isn't a haughty, prideful, I'm gonna choose to forgive you. I think I mean, it needs to come up very naturally in the conversation. But we sometimes need to release the other person and not hold them prisoner, and so um, not let them hold us prisoner either. That we are so indebted to how they see us, and so um, those are the, the types of forgiveness, and you know, I think that. When when we put up boundaries in an unhealthy way, we're like we're not going to forgive them unless they come to us first. Well, that's that's a real wrong boundary to have because we're expecting them to come to us. But the boundary we can say, the boundary that we can put up is, I'm not going to fall for the way that they've treated me. I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. Um, That's a good protective boundary. But when it comes to forgiveness, we want to be as grace as grace filled as we can. Um, because when we're not willing to forgive someone, I mean, we see in scripture how Jesus treats those who were not and what he says to them, they were not willing to forgive. And he says, 70 times seven, you need to forgive not just seven times, but 70 times seven. Mm -hmm. So we, we are, we are called to, to be those who offer forgiveness. And then, and then those who would, you know, be on the receiving end of it when we when we've been asked, and, and it doesn't mean that we're going to forget all that's ever happened, but we are going to choose to let that go and not rule our lives and not ruin our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, there's healing that can come for the results of
2: those things that have happened. Great, mm, great, and, I, and then what about putting boundaries in place? Like I I'm love not, to talk about boundaries. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, certainly we're not saying that we want to have no boundaries, and that we wanna do all the work, that's so unhealthy. I love to draw a diagram of like no boundaries on one end of the line, and too many boundaries on the other end of the line. And the no boundaries would be just being a doormat, or another way to look at that one is Mm -hmm. somebody that's codependent, or also someone that um, is just um, maybe overloving, <laughs> I, I put that, I made up that word because I guess helicopter parent would be another mm-hmm. version of it, but yes. I would say I was tempted to overlove life and have no boundaries because I wanted so much to have a good relationship with her that I thought if I didn't have any boundaries that that would make that happen. And then picture the other end of the spectrum is too many boundaries, which is somebody that's quite fragile or angry, and they have too many. But the happy place is in the middle where we say yes to the right things and no to the things that are harmful. So it's uh, a healthy boundary is a yes and no (laughs) discussion, and that we don't need to be afraid to say no to the person we're having a difficult relationship with. Mm -hmm. God will give you the way to speak that. Did that answer your question? I think
0: so. Um, yeah. I, I, is there is there a, a way to say, you know, look, I this is what I believe or this is what, like, this is how I'm going to parent my kids. Let's just say something that I see all the time, right? Like, you know, uh, I, I have clients all the time that will say, you know, well, how come you're not doing this or how come they're not in this school or I'll only do this. So, so and you want to hold a boundary between your parents and your your mother's or father's uh, advice and what you're doing like look I, I do look this is my choice so is there is there a way that we can hold those boundaries in a loving uh, gentle way but firm enough that you get the point across
2: well that top bun would say thank you so much for caring about my children <laughs> your grandchildren okay. thank you but for caring about my kids but I, I i really we have reasons for making the decisions that we're we're making but thank you for your input and and um period i, I think yes. that would be the. End i like that
0: okay session. that's good thank you for caring about my children and we have reasons we're doing what we're doing right. and, we will, and we will continue doing that yeah thank you for mm-hmm. loving them
2: Mwah. I know. Thanks so much. <laughs>
1: Thanks so much. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for works. supporting us in those decisions because it it shows that you want their unification in the yeah. process, and that they're coming in to, to be divisive
2: could or their different opinion could could hurt
1: that relationship. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. Say maybe another time we could share with you some of the reasons we we've, we've come to this decision about this and that and the other. We'll yeah. give you some of our input, if you wish.
0: Right. Well, this has been really good. I I love this. You are both so beautiful. And I just love, Dr. Helen that you have done this work um, and you have created such a beautiful human in Blythe and all of her kids and your grandkids and all of this. So beautiful. So let me just ask you, um, you know, what is your best piece of advice for for the, the listeners who are tuning in to, to listen, just in terms of relationships, whether from a daughter perspective or a mother perspective, you know, what is your, your best piece of advice?
2: You know, I would say to not lose hope. To, you know, would you be willing to try again?
1: Oh, <laughs> if you
2: said, su- would so choose to read Mended, our, our book Mended. Um, I hope that would give you some inspiration to begin again. Isaiah 58, 12 is so powerful and just promises that we can become repairs of the breach and that we can rebuild the ancient ruins. And I, I just wanna make sure that your viewers, your listeners, are not losing hope because it's, mm. it can happen. registration mm-hmm. doesn't
0: It's never too late. Blythe, do you have some last minute? Advice? You know, I,
1: I would just say that um, it is so important for us to remember that um, we aren't the ones who were ultimately responsible for how our daughters or our mothers per- perceive us and that we, we will give you know, as much as we can of ourselves to the person, but they're making their choices and they're looking at our relationship through their lens and we can't control another person. We can't change another person. And so yes. what we can do is show up for who we know that we are, be true to that, take the time to make sure that we're listening to the other person. But anytime we try and change or control a person, we're, we're going to be in dangerous territory or often right. off in the weeds. Um, but to always remember to, to, to be able to extend that out a little bit, even if the person is making choices that you don't agree with, we still don't want to try and control or change. We want to be good listeners. We want to be there for them and continue to let them know that we care about them. We don't necessarily agree with their choices, but I think that's where I've seen, you know, relationships. And I hope that my children will feel that way. That they can still come to me, even if I'm approve of what they're doing um, or what they're saying or who they're choosing to be mm-hmm. friends with. Um, that they know that the relationship is strong. And so I think, um, I think that we have that responsibility to, to let them become their own people at the same time, show who we are and the choices that we're making, but we certainly can't control or change them that we, we certainly can lift them up to God to, to pray over them. And that's really our job as parents.
0: I really love that. Thank you for that. And, and what I heard you say is that the way people look at you it's not ever about you. It's the filters sure. that they see you through. And when your child makes mistakes or no, not even mistakes, you may see it as a mistake. But if your child makes choices that you may not agree with, it's also not about you.
1: That's everybody's right. just
0: doing you. You're, everybody's doing their own thing, right? So that's what you said. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes. Their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love that. So
1: I would love people to, to read your book, Mended. Where can they get the book? So um people can get our book Mended Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters um we have um our, on our website which is r o u r mendedhearts.com we have a number of retailers that are listed on there you can pick it up at any any bookstore that sells christian books um but but if they do go to the website and connect with us there our mendedhearts.com um we also like I said we have a download of the conversation starters if you go oh, if good. people want to download that they're welcome to there's also a free chapter of the book on there oh, um, fantastic. So, anyway we would love for people to connect with us we're also on facebook and instagram and we'd love well, to hear I'm from people. Put all thank that you
0: thank yeah. you in the show notes well thank you for spending this time with me thank you for sharing your story and such really beautiful tips and you know, and those conversation starters. Thank you for. I was gonna. I was gonna take. I was gonna ask you to give me some for the show. <laughs> we'll
1: give you some. Yeah.
0: yeah so you that person. is. I'll, I'll make sure everybody gets the link so you know how to get there. So um so that's all great. Thank you thank for being you, Robin. here, Robin.
1: Thank you so much.